0: Film Fair Kim Manch par honge Ranbir Kapoor, Karina Kapoor Khan, Karti Karyan, Varundhavan, Janvi Kapoor, or Sara Ali Khanke electrifying performances. To Hujayitayar for Hindi cinema's biggest celebration. Watch the 69th Hyundai Film Fair Awards 2024 with Gujarat's Tourism on Sunday, 18th February, 9 p.m. On ZT.
1: I'm Rod Surling. You're listening to the Zero Hour. rest your eyes. Exercise your imagination. This week, Charles Larson's inside story of television murder. Someone's death. Starring George Kennedy. Joyce And Robert Reed. In Elliot Lewis's production of The Zero Hour.
2: The Mutual Broadcasting System presents The Zero Hour. Sponsored in part by... Quaker State Motor Oil and the Ford Motor Company.
1: This is The Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. This week, our story revolves around the make-believe world of television. We'll meet Nils Frederick Blixen a middle-aged man married to his craft, producing television shows. He's preparing a new detective series called Stag at Bay, in which his star will have exactly one half hour each week to solve a fictional crime. Nils Frederick Blixen, a veteran of the industry, is breaking in a new casting director, Joanna Redfern, young, bright, aggressive, a woman more prideful of her liberated status than of her shocking red hair. Their problem is to cast the role of co-star in the upcoming series, strictly a matter of choice. It would have been easy if it hadn't been for one unexpected, intangible fact, someone's death. The fact is, it was murder. Our story, Someone's Death, begins after this word.
3: I uh, was in South Korea with the Peace Corps. We were the first rural health program in Korea. uh, What a lot of us did... Was to go around and check to see if there was a TB patient in the house. A lot of these people had never ever had any kind of medical attention at all. I I, I remember um, one case. She was in pain. She was in real pain, and the doctor examined her and became very concerned. And he told us later that had she not come in, she would have died. I was very very proud. You know, but um, you've, you've probably heard this and you'll hear it again and again from volunteers. The volunteer himself gets more out of it than he actually gives to, to the people who's supposed to be
2: helping. Volunteer for the Peace Corps. The Peace Corps is one part of action. Action is
4: doing something. There is something you can do.
5: lay on his stomach under the oak like a spy, with his hands shading his eyes and a reversed blue baseball cap spread over the back of his neck. He was black, tall, 6'5 in his stocking feet, a former basketball player. Several woodworms had been caught in the blood that matted the base of his skull. He'd been shot at close range, the bullet burrowing upward through the back of his head. He was quite thoroughly, vengefully murdered. (laughs) Precise early morning hour that a young boy and girl in the hills along Mulholland Drive above Hollywood stumbled onto the body, I was in a projection room at the studio. I was still at the studio in my office, chairing an unofficial production meeting as the sun dipped into the smog and below the Los Angeles horizon. It was the 22nd of May. On June the 4th, come hell, high water, death, panic, or war, We had to be in production on the first of 22-hour episodes of a new TV series which I had originated and would produce called Stag at Bay. A detective series, which is supposed to make me some kind of authority on murder. The meeting was a replay of a thousand, just
4: like it. You know, we've got to find a gimmick to hang the PR campaign on.
3: Right now, that's less important than finding the right girl.
5: Across the desk from me was Leonard Ellis, a born conciliator. In his youth, he'd wanted to be a baseball umpire, but failed due to his slight deafness, though he often said it was merely compensation for 20-20 vision. He claimed to hear better after a nip, so at 61, he had become an alert quasi-alcoholic. Nevertheless, Leonard Ellis was the best unit publicist any series could have. Joanna Redfern, the casting director, sat near him, upright in straight chair. Tall, 23, a recent graduate of Bennington, she wore her red hair short because everybody else wore it long. She was uptight, tapping the arms of her chair, uncrossing her trousered legs. When she finally got to her feet, it was in sections like a deck chair unfolding.
3: Well, someday, some terribly courageous TV producer is going to thumb his nose at the computer, cast the best actor or actress in his series instead of the safest, and make a hundred million dollars. And how in the name of reason are those pious, rude New York network research freaks going to squeeze out of that
4: one? Well, I'm sure every producer wants to cast the best actor or actress in every role. Isn't that so, Niels Frederick? I'm producing this series, and I'll
5: make the decisions. I couldn't care less about what they want upstairs. And so you'll get it straight, Miss Redfern. I'm not going to fill an important running lead with a bad Mexican-American actress just because Justicia or Nosotros or the rest of the pressure groups think I ought to.
3: The part calls for a Mexican-American girl. It would be absurd not to get... Fine.
5: You bring me one who can cut the mustard, and I'll sign her.
3: I have brought you several, but all you're after is a pretty face.
5: They weren't right, any of them.
3: You know what I think I better do is tell the front office that this isn't working out, that it isn't fair to the studio to saddle you with a casting director you don't know, and you don't have confidence in. Sit down. No, I'd rather not.
4: Uh, Who's for coffee? Are you Nils Friedrich?
3: All the same, Mr. Blixen, I wish you luck. I hope Stag at Bay knocks everybody right on their backside.
4: His
5: backside?
3: Of course.
5: Is this your first series, Miss Redford? Yes. It's my fifth.
4: Uh, Joanna, isn't it?
3: It's Joanna, but everybody calls me Red.
4: Yours is Black, I believe, Del Frederick. Uh, red, are you, uh, cream?
3: No sugar, dash of cream. <laughs>
5: While Ellis translated the coffee order to my secretary, Mary, the poor woman should have been gone hours ago. Red sat on her tailbone with the player's directory and searched for the actress who wouldn't compromise us too much with the powers upstairs. I could hear Ellis on the extension talking to his granddaughter.
4: Hello, honey? Yeah, yeah. This is grandpa. I'm, I'm going to be late again for dinner. Did, uh, did you call me? I, uh, Donnie Osmond? I thought you were in love with David Cassidy. Issue of which, which magazine? Oh, oh, oh. Anything with Donnie's picture on the cover. Yeah, I'll find one. I won't be too late. Bye bye, sweet.
3: Donnie's woman?
4: Donnie needs her.
3: She assured me last spring that Bobby Sherman needed her.
4: <laughs> well, that—that's when she was a kid of thirteen. But now, now she knows what love is. Red, where did you meet Alice's granddaughter?
3: Oh, I've known Heidi for years. We're neighbors.
5: You're kidding. No one in Hollywood has neighbors.
4: Oh, Red, and I live in the same—what <clears throat> do you call it, Red? Uh, Forbes.
3: Over on the Long Prey. It's a nice area. I love it.
4: Yeah, they still dig their heels in about black, so... In this enlightened day and age. Yeah, you bet. In this day and age... Uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, Ray. Why? Did I
5: walk into something? Well, what happened at the neighborly fourplex?
3: Nothing happened.
5: Yeah, right. Nothing, nothing.
4: That uh, tempest
5: in a teapot... Come on, tell me. Might springboard a script.
3: No script. Just I had a black friend, somebody objected.
4: Uh, anonymous letters, you know. So what did you do about it, Rhett?
3: Kissed him goodnight on the lawn after that. Didn't want anybody to miss anything.
2: <laughs> That's a good girl.
3: Oh, here she is. Now, just look at this picture if you want to see one sweet actress. Now, I, I know she won't do. You're after a beauty. This girl looks like ten cents worth of cat meat. Yeah
5: and an interesting face.
3: You mean ugly. True. You know Clifford Odette's Country Girl?
5: Of course I know it. Do you think I'm illiterate?
3: Well, how do you think the woman ought to be played? Mother Earth. Okay. I saw Isabel Chavez do Country Girl in Spanish in East L.A. a month ago, and I thought I'd die. This was a woman you could believe anything about. When the husband tells the director she was Miss Mexico, you believe. When he says she tried suicide, you believe that. You believe. Oh,
5: nuts. I watched her, Joanna Redfern, Miss Clumsy of the Year, knock over a seven-foot-tall philodendron plant. While Ellis and I helped her prop it up again, she was tossing the plant's upper tendrils over the automatic fire extinguisher pipes in the ceiling, which caused her to split her shirt and dislodge an abstract of some English soccer players when she fell in exhaustion against the wall. Oh. Oh, Yet, like the young Hepburn, she was so secure in her ungainliness that it projected itself as a kind of high born grace. I felt I'd never been stuck with a more aggravating girl in my life.
3: Oh, I did all that in one take.
5: Will you sit down, Red? Forget the plant. Just sit down. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have shouted.
3: You certainly shouldn't have.
5: Ellis, see if Mary fell in the coffee pot out there and drowned, will you? Yeah. <laughs>
4: Mary. Oh. oh.
6: Oh dear. Oh, sorry.
4: I didn't know you were right in the door about to knock. Here, here. Let me help you. Um, uh,
3: Joanna. Hmm. Oh, oh, me? Yeah. Oh, I get so used to being called Red. Yeah. Uh.
4: Well,
5: what is it, Mary?
3: Well, I hate to interrupt, but I've got a message for Joanna.
5: Who is it? Tell them to hold the line. We'll be through here in a minute.
3: Well, actually, they're right outside. Look, Mary. If it's some agent. They're not agents. Uh, exactly.
5: Well, who are
4: they exactly? Bill collectors, men from Mars, what?
3: No, they're policemen.
4: Policemen? This is a private eye show. Tell them we're not casting men in rule. Right, Mills, Frederick?
3: Uh, you don't understand. Uh, they're...
5: Well, come on, Mary. They're yes. what?
3: Detectives. Detectives. And they want to talk to me? Yes. What about? They said it's something about... A murder.
2: There's a little town in western Pennsylvania called Oil City where they make peace of mind. They put it up in quart-sized green and white cans and ship millions of them all over the land to people who don't want to worry about their cars. This peace of mind for car owners is called Quaker State Motor Oil. The folks who make it are experts, men who really know motor oil. Because that's been Quaker State's specialty for over 50 years. Quaker State starts with the finest natural petroleum the earth provides 100% pure Pennsylvania grade crude oil. Then they put it through step after step of refining and fortify it to fight heat and rust and dirt and wear and give your engine the protection it needs. Quaker State Motor Oil. Who says you can't buy peace of mind? Breakers make your car. You keep
7: it running.
2: You keep it running. We'll return to our story in a moment.
6: The Marines are looking for a few good men become marine officers, a few good college men to accept the challenge of leadership, men who will command marine ground troops, men who will fly marine aircraft, and a few good men to serve as lawyers in the Marine Corps. The program is platoon leaders class, PLC. No campus training, ground and air options, available financial assistance, even free civilian flying lessons for qualified men. Talk to the Marine officer who visits your campus. Ask about PLC Ground, PLC Air, or PLC Law. The Marines are looking for a few good men who want to leave other men as officers in the United States Marine Corps.
5: The two plainclothesmen were standing by Mary's files, a stocky, sunburned man in suede pants and a modified safari jacket and a lean, dark man wearing a gray business suit. The second detective extended his wallet. I studied the ID, which bore a serious pose of him... in a square collar tie and somewhat shorter haircut. The card said, Ames, Sergeant, Negro, Male, 5'11", weight 160... black hair, brown eyes, no visible scars. There was a third man in the outer office, a cab driver... who sat flipping his hat between his hands and whistling at the floor... his elbows on his knees... Mary explained his presence.
3: He's been waiting for over half an hour. Miss Redford and Joanna ordered him.
5: Both men and Red went through the open door into my office. As I turned to follow them, a messenger boy dropped off the rewrite of our opening show. The cabbie I noticed was leaning around me trying to read the cover. If you a TV producer? That's what they call me. Mary, will you Xerox this, 15 copies? Right now? No, in the morning.
3: She's not in trouble, is she,
4: Joanna?
5: Ellis... Um, uh, drive Mary out to the lot.
4: Don't worry, Red. All they can do is rubber hose you.
5: Stupid thing for Alice to have said to her. I liked Red. I could see Ames was quizzing her tough. Whether they resented it or not, I was going to go in. The cabbie was stretching his neck to try and see into the
7: room. I closed the door. The last time you saw him was... Is this private? It's up to the young lady.
3: They know about Daniel and me. Daniel? The black friend I mentioned, Dan Gladstone. Apparently, he's been in some kind of accident.
7: Oh? Two weeks. You haven't seen Mr. Gladstone since uh, roughly the 8th of May, then?
3: No, I haven't, or longer. Why not? I don't know what you mean.
7: You were fairly close friends, weren't you, Miss Redfern?
3: We were friends. I don't know how close.
7: Were you engaged? No. No. Didn't Gladstone give you a ring sometime in February?
3: It was a joke. It came out of a penny candy jar.
7: Excuse me. What kind of accident was this? Uh, He was shot in the back of the head.
3: Shot? Daniel,
7: I... And no accident.
3: uh, Who told you about the ring?
7: Uh, What was the tenor of your last meeting, Miss Redfern? The what? What did you talk about?
3: We, uh... I, I, I don't remember. Did you fight? I, re- I just really can't remember Did you
7: say if you show your black face around here again I'll cut your damn woolly head off Or uh, words to that effect Now wait a minute
5: Have you warned her Given her her rights Or did you just forget No,
7: we didn't forget
5: She has a right to know who you've been talking to Who's been telling you these
7: Do you own a twenty-two caliber pistol, Miss Redfern?
5: Okay, that does it Give me an outside line
3: A pistol? No, of course not
5: Red, cool it. I'm contacting a lawyer. You don't mind, do you, gentlemen?
7: No, I think it's a very sound idea.
3: I don't need a lawyer.
7: You might ask him to meet us at North Hollywood Division. That's 11480 uh, Tierra. You have her there in a half hour, Mr. Blitzen.
5: Murder on television is one thing. It's an episode. By the end of the last reel, it's solved. But I was discovering that isn't the way it really is. My guts were turning. Hello? Wade? Yes. Wade, this is Nils Frederick. Nils, what's the matter? You sound like you were canceled before you started. Wade, we've got a problem here. Oh, like what? Like a suspect for murder. all-new
2: ford mustang 2 has been named car of the year by motor trend magazine
6: look what they've done to our mustang they named it car of the year because we changed the size we changed the style and you're gonna like it fine so look what they've done
2: Mustang 2 Pick car of the year because it offers good gas economy. And in the words of Motor Trend, Mustang 2 is an outstanding concept of affordable luxury and prestige in a small package. And that makes it the right car at the right time.
6: When you take a ride, you're gonna know that Mustang's one of a car.
2: Base sticker price for two-door hardtop is just $28.95, excluding dealer prep, destination charges, title, and taxes. At your local Ford dealer. The Zero
6: Hour continues after this. This is Gene King for your Better Business Bureau. Don't expect your dry cleaner to work miracles. People expect them to pick out all the spots in a bundle of clothes and recognize the cause of each stain, including the invisible stains, which aren't apparent until the garment is cleaned. Keep in mind, too, that the dry cleaner's legal liability is frequently limited to the use of ordinary care in the handling of your merchandise. Remember that different classes of stains require different treatments, and some fabrics must be treated with special care. Special solvents must be used to get rid of gravy, lipstick, ink, nail polish, soup, etc. And if damage should occur through the fault of the cleaner, the value in dollars and cents is determined proportionately. So be fair with your cleaner and yourself. Tell them about those stains. Don't remove labels with dry cleaning instructions. And don't think of your cleaner as a magician. A tip from your Better Business Bureau.
5: The city by night had a warm wind-swept face. Los Angeles was a Mediterranean town I'd always felt, despite its size and location. All day long it lay like a girl on its back by the sea, half asleep under its dark glasses burning in the sun, amused by the boys who whistled and hung around. Only at dusk it began to stir. It would blink and sit up and rest its chin on its knees, gazing at the bronze-colored ocean, and perhaps accept a margarita or two. The cab driver didn't need a margarita. He was very talkative.
1: Boy, it looks like all the idiots are out tonight. Hey, look at that coot. Hey, there's a real dilly. You know, I tell you, I love this town. (laughs) Too breezy back there for you?
3: No, it's fine.
1: Are you all right, Red?
3: You haven't asked me whether I did it or not. Do you realize
1: that?
5: I haven't. All right, did you shoot the man? No. That's a load off my mind.
1: Hey, did you see that jerk? A left turn and no signal. My wife wonders why I got a nervous stomach. Hey, uh, you two want to buy a free press? No, thanks.
5: Uh, would you mu- What is your name? Uh, Jack. I thought I told you. The young lady and I have some things to talk about. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> private is private.
3: You think I'm not the murderous type,
5: then? If there is a type...
3: There's a type that goes all to pieces in a jealousy situation. The first person I was jealous of was my sister. I was four when she was born. I couldn't understand why my father had done that to me.
5: Don't you blame your mother, too?
3: She didn't count. She died when I was eight. She and my father were separated by then. He was living in Pennsylvania. She was in Hartford.
5: With you and your sister?
3: No. I'd already killed my sister.
5: You... you what?
3: I broke my sister's neck when she was seven months old.
5: When well, you set out to make a point you don't fool around.
3: It's the fact. My mother left the carriage in the front porch. I pushed it down the steps. I wasn't punished, just sent to a child psychiatrist and later to a very nice school in New Hampshire. That's what jealousy can do. My father used to come see me once in a while. He's married twice since my mother died. Three more children.
5: I thought you said you hadn't been punished. We rode along for a while, neither of us talking. Even the cab driver seemed more content since traffic had eased up some. I studied Red during the silence. She struck me as being very vulnerable.
3: Do you have any children? No. I know you're married. I looked up your studio biography. Well,
5: Then it's out of date. We were divorced in 65.
3: Oh, let's see I was born in 50, so I was 15 then. I'm sorry it didn't work out.
5: We made a mistake and we rectified it.
3: Very civilized.
5: My dear girl, a divorce is about as civilized as a gang rape. We've been married 18 years.
3: I think there must be something wrong with marriage.
5: Not with the game, just with the players. Ah, this must be the place. Keep it running, Jack. We'll be going back into Hollywood.
1: Hey, I'll tell you what I'll do. Well, why don't I grab some deed and then I'll come back for you, huh? You, you don't want to buy the cab. <laughs> hey, uh, wait a minute. What is this, a check? Uh, I'm sorry we don't take personal checks. A voucher. I ride cabs a lot. Oh, oh, thanks.
5: Yeah, thanks, Mr. Blixen. Try us in about an hour. Sure. Neal i come over here. Wade Schreiber, your client, Joanna Redford. How do you do? Joanna, is it a miss? Yes, Let's uh, let's talk out here for a minute. I think before we go inside, we'd better uh, clarify a couple of points.
3: I didn't kill Dan.
5: Yes, I, I understand that. I don't believe they're ready to accuse you, of it. They're just trying to get to the truth, believe it or not. They said he was shot with a .22. Yes, he was, and that's point number one. Joanna, do you own a twenty two? No. Ever own one? No. Well, were you ever in contact with one? No. Okay, okay, I'll buy that. Second, where were you last evening between, say, ten and midnight?
3: Uh, ten, uh, Grauman's Chinese. You went to a movie? Yes.
5: Wade, you act like a cop. Now, oh, come on, Nils, wait a minute. Who did you go to the movie with? Alone. You often go to the movies alone?
3: Not often. I was just walking on Hollywood Boulevard. My car's in the shop. And I just went in.
5: Where was he killed, Wade? On the valley side of the hills. You know that area?
3: Not too well.
5: Well, there's a dead-end private street off Barry... It's called Ruby.
3: Oh, I know Ruby.
5: You would. Some kids found the corpse this morning by the side of the road. Dead about 12 hours. How do you know Ruby Avenue?
3: Oh, Lord. come
5: on. How do you know it?
3: Oh, we used to park up there.
5: You and Gladstone?
3: Once in a while.
5: Uh Had the body been dumped? No, no, his car was nearby. He was found about 20 feet from it. Hadn't been robbed, no sign of a struggle. So he knew his killer. He just strolled over under the trees, lowered his head, and somebody reached around and shot him. What's the matter, Red? You cold?
3: Mm, Just a chill. I'll get over it.
5: There seems to be a witness report on file here.
3: Witness to what?
5: Evidently, somebody heard you threaten Dan Gladstone.
3: Threaten him? That's ridiculous.
5: Joanna, did you two fight at all?
3: I wouldn't say fight. Well,
5: what would you say?
3: Well, we... I'd say that, well, we had words.
5: What uh, what about?
3: Nothing important. Does it matter?
5: It matters. Now, please, Red, it must have been fairly important if it caused you two to break up.
3: He was a pusher, and he tried to get me hooked. I loved him, or I I thought I loved him, but I told him to get lost.
5: Did you tell him, if you show your black face around here, I'll cut your head off?
3: Oh, God. yes, I did.
5: Wade, what does this do to us? Well, I don't know, Nils. Sure gives him a peach of a motive to
2: swing on. Well, we better go in. You are listening to Mutual's presentation of the Zero Hour. When they change a plane flight, I check to see if another is just as good or better. Fred Underwood, Kansas City postal worker, probably knows as much about airline schedules as the airlines. I want to give that extra service that goes with airmail. So I move it just as fast as I can to get it out of here. And airmail is moving. Now you can almost always get next-day delivery to cities up to 600 miles away. And two-day delivery anywhere in the country. Just mail by 4 p.m., use zip code, and mail from a specially marked airmail box. When I started here, it was all propeller planes and trains, and back in the post office, the mail was handled the same way it had been for years. Now there's jet planes and zip codes, and airmails really going places. Airmail and zip codes—they speed everybody's letters. If you don't know a zip code, check your phone book or call the post office. Help us, help you. Use zip code.
7: That there's nothing like a tree Cause the good kids are climbing And the beautiful tree. You just have to look around you find a star.
1: at this time, rest your eyes and listen here to this week's continuing study in suspense, someone's death. I'm Rod Serling, and this is The Zero Hour. This episode brought to you in part by Quaker State and Ford.
2: This is The Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. And once again, rest your eyes and listen here to The Zero Hour. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.
0: Hindi cinema, the subsea blockbuster, Entertainment. Jab Aishman Kurana, or Film Fair Film Fair Kim Ranbir Kapoor, Karina Kapoor Khan, Karthikarian, Varunthavan, Janvi Kapoor, or Ali Khanke electrifying performances. To Hoja for Hindi cinema's biggest celebration, watch the 69th Hyundai Film Fair Awards twenty twenty four with Gujarat Tourism on Sunday, eighteenth February, nine
7: PM,